2: Now back to the kickoff show with Larry Krueger and Lorenzo Neal on 95.7 The Game. Sponsored by Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey. Taste the world's number one bourbon. And by Harris Ranch Beef. Legendary beef. Legendary quality. Loving that bump, huh? Welcome back to the kickoff show. Loving it, show. baby. Loving it. Hello, Neil. Let's Larry Kruger with you. Uh, we're an hour in. We got an hour to go. We get down to SoCal where J.D., John Dickinson, putting his boots on the ground. Niners, by the way, 5-1 and one in L.A. in the regular season since the Rams came back to L.A. in 2016. In fact, the Niners beat the Rams at in Santa Clara in the middle of October 24-9. And they've won seven straight regular season meetings with the rams under mcveigh jd what's going on how are you what's going on guys good to be with you a
3: lot of 49er fans as always here at sofi just filing in it it looks like it's going to be a sea of red again much like it was last year during the regular season and week 18 and and in the nfc championship game as well
2: it was wild, uh, wild scene last week uh, watching Kansas City put up 44 uh. on this defense. Let me ask you this: Was Andy Reid trolling Kyle Shanahan with his use of <laughs> McCole Hardman on on all those uh, you know jet jet motions near the line of scrimmage? It was almost like, hey, you got Debo, you think you fancy? Hey, here's McCole Hardman. Let's see if you can stop it.
3: Yeah, I I thought it was sending a message to Kyle and also maybe to D'Amico Ryans, but I think it it really, even more than that, was Andy Reid able to use his genius in trying to take advantage of the 49ers' defense and what they do well and and what they don't do well and kind of using it against them because they're of the wide nine and and getting the pass rush. it, It really leaves the edges vulnerable and so everything the Chiefs did was on the edge and it was speed and it was you know really trying to to create space and, and they had a lot of success with it so to me that was that ended the conversation at least for now as far as who the genius is and 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 who maybe isn't the genius on the offensive (laughs) end of the football.
4: J.D., I couldn't agree with you more. J.D., when you look at this 49ers team, and particularly offense, can the 49ers run the ball with consistency? And if so, why? And if not, why not?
3: Yeah, I I think that's going to be a huge key today, especially with Debo Samuel out, but Christian McCaffrey now in for the 49ers. Can, Can Christian McCaffrey take on the Debo role because Debo's been so effective not only running the football but catching passes and and, and going for for big gains on on short passes against this Rams defense. So, uh, I wouldn't surprise me if after the last couple of weeks, kind of mixed results from from Jimmy Garoppolo. He's put up some numbers, but uh, at the same time, there's been mistakes and the passing game just after the early going of the game has has just not seemed sharp. I, I could see kyle shanahan really wanting to get back to an old school try to grind out the running game just hell or high water with McCaffrey, and then and then try and throw some of the shorties that they hit debo with against the rams and see if they can't come up with a, a similar level of of success i think when, when shanahan gets put in a corner what does he go to he goes to to physical running of the football I think maybe the Niners have gotten a little too cute some of it's been by necessity uh, over the last few weeks in terms of the passing game and, and I think you know this is a matchup he knows well and I think the template for what the 49ers have done to the Rams out physicaling them at the line of scrimmage putting a couple of guys on Donald and trying to run it at him I think I think that could be what's in order to try and get the the Niner season back on track here halfway through.
2: J.D., the inactive list is out, and it's interesting. Debo Samuel, Jawan Jennings, Kyle Huszczyk, Eric Armstead, Dre Greenlaw, Kamoko Terre and Jason Verrett, uh, all out. Any of those surprise you? The Verrett one was interesting to me because I know they're trying to work him back. I was hoping to see him out there. Uh, anything jump out to you on the inactive list? No, no surprises. I mean, Jennings didn't practice at all
3: this week. I mean, the others had been ruled out with the exception of Verrett, who they had to promote to the active roster. Otherwise, they would have wasted his practice window and he would have been done for the season. So that was, I think, a formality because they believe that Verrett is going to be able to contribute at some point. I'm with you. I I was kind of hoping, especially after Charvarius Ward looked less than 100% against the Chiefs, that that maybe Verrett would be able to get back on the field. But I'll be honest, I I don't think they want to risk Verrett being on another uh, turf field when the 49ers have had so many issues with with the leg injuries on the turf throughout the years, really, no matter where they've played, it seems like they come down with a, a devastating injury almost every time they play on this surface. It, it kind of makes me wonder if it's even in their head a little bit to a point where, you know, Verrett uh, has worked so hard and so long to come back you don't want to put him out there and immediately have the potential for some kind of some something else to go wrong and then you lose him for the long haul here a week before you're by so getting him on the active roster getting him through this week without playing him and then another week uh, really two before he's actually got to do anything on the 13th when they take on the chargers and, and that game's at levi's i think that's probably the most cautious. And, and shrewd way for the 49ers to go about it even if it if it hurts them in terms of overall talent on the field this afternoon JD how do you how do you assess this
4: team you think about five starters on defense or out and is it is it because of the out they they haven't played the best defense or is it because they played against a Kansas City team, you know, that's pretty good because they really has not faced any offensive team firepower this whole year with the exception of Kansas City. So, which, which you know, it's kind of what came first, the chicken or the egg? How do you assess this team, you know, with the talent that, that against the Kansas City but better team than they played thus far this year? Offensive. Yeah,
3: it was a combination. I think it was a combination, Low last last week of playing an exceptional offensive team, a great quarterback, and, and Andy Reid really you know, putting his imprint on it, as, as I mentioned, when we first started this this conversation. But I think a lot of it is guys that have been out. And I think it was pretty clear last week, and I'm uh, interested to get your take on this, it seemed like there was almost an aura of desperation surrounding the 49ers last week that was really unbecoming and and not the usual. And and what I mean by that is players that that could have gone. And I know Charvarius Ward wanted to play against his former team, but it, it felt like he maybe shouldn't have been out there. Like and the Niners are typically so cautious with injuries and giving guys the extra week. And and there were a couple last week where I thought, hmm. Is you know did Kyle Shanahan go into the you know into the locker room and say hey everybody if you're seventy percent you got to go because we need to try and get this one uh, I mean there was a, a, a little bit of a, a panic I mean you could even make the case that the McCaffrey deal and, and getting him up and running in two days it it wreaked a little bit of. Uh, an urgency and maybe even a little hint of panic that, that maybe this season is getting away from the Niners in a different way than it sure. did even last year when they had the 3-5 and five record, fellas.
4: I, I couldn't agree with you more, J.D. When I look at this, when you think about where you're at and you're in L.A. and you think about where the Rams are in their season, their quarterbacks getting hit, you look at the inconsistency, running a ball, defense, all those things. Which team do you are in more turmoil? Which team of you that is ascending and descending are both these teams? How do you view both of these teams right now at this point in time this the season?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, today is going to tell the story, I think, because you've got the, the Rams coming off a bye. You've got the Rams who watched what Kansas City was able to do, and, and they don't have the, the, the offensive talent top to bottom. That, that the Chiefs do, but uh, look, they've struggled to score consistently against the 49er defense, but I think you know they've reworked their offensive line a little bit. They, they lost Noteboom boom at left tackle. They're getting a the starting center back. They've moved some guys around on the offensive line to, to try and be able to protect and, and move away from the seven sacks and 35 pressures that the 49ers got on them in early October at, at Levi's on that Monday night. Uh, the Key to this thing for the Niners has been the ability to allow Cooper Cup to kind of get his but not allow the big gains, even if he's getting 10, 12, 13 catches. And they pick one. They 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 force Stafford into throwing an interception that they've been able to take back for points now on a couple of different instances. So I think today tells the story is you know the, the Niners are almost limping to the bye, trying to hold on for dear life. And the Rams, I think, felt like they were probably in the same position leading into their bye. And now they come out of it trying to flip the script and, and a little bit more whole, I think, than, than they've been you know, in, in recent weeks, at least leading up to the bye. But to me, it all comes down to, and th- this whole game comes down to, can the Rams protect Stafford or does the 49ers pass rush just blow up the game the way that they did in early October and and force the Rams into some turnovers because you could almost make the case the Niners are going to need to get turnovers to to win this game uh, much the way that they have in these other matchups.
2: JD, Tuesday is the NFL trade deadline. There was talk this week, the 49ers may be shopping Jeff Wilson, who ranks 11th in the league right now in rushing. You got Elijah Mitchell set to return, you got McCaffrey, you still got TDP and Jordan Mason and other backs. But um, what do you think? Should they, will they trade Jeff Wilson? They also inquired about a trade for the Panthers corner, Dante Jackson. And we saw the Rams talking trade about Kareem Hunt or maybe Brandon Cooks. What do you think? You think either team will be active before Tuesday? I think the Rams will be
3: active for sure because they always are. So th- so I think – and they need to add playmaking. So if, if they wind up getting Cooks back in the fold, I could definitely see that. As far as the Niners, it was a surprise – to me to, to hear and read the the Jeff Wilson Jr. rumors, the only issue I would think and you laid out Mitchell coming back and obviously McCaffrey's gonna be high usage is Wilson has had a, a tendency to fumble the football and I think that's the thing that could that could find you know make yourself expendable if another team is is willing to come calling and maybe has a a need at the running back position. I also think the Niners are looking to try and recoup some of what they gave up to get Christian McCaffrey the best they can, and now with some of the young running backs that you laid out with Ty Davis-Price and Mason still in the fold down the way on the depth chart, and McCaffrey figured to be on the field a ton, maybe Jeff Wilson does become expendable with Elijah Mitchell around the corner. They better be sure, though, that Mitchell is going to be coming back because we've seen the 49ers running backs drop like flies. And how many times, I mean, have the Niners made a move and then you go, wow, somebody got hurt. And you wish you had the guy you got rid of. It's it's bitten the 49ers in the rear end a couple of times. So I'd, I'd be cautious to do it, even though I can understand the thought process as impactful as Jeff Wilson has been since Mitchell went down.
2: Remember the name, Devontavian Martin, Tay Martin. He's making his first NFL uh, action tonight (laughs) or today against the Rams. They called him Big Play Tay at Oak State. So if you see uh, Big Play Tay in the red zone, uh, make a play. You heard it here first. What's your prediction, J.D.? Uh, Who do you like to win the game? What kind of score?
3: Yeah, I I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. I I think it's a 20-17 to game either way. I'm I'm leaning Rams today. Uh, I I feel like the the Niners, as I mentioned, kind of scrambling. I I think if they had Debo and McCaffrey, I'd probably lean Niners in this one. I I think it all comes down to the turnovers. Kind of like last week, I think the Niners have to win the turnover battle if they're going to have a chance to win the game.
2: But I'm looking at 20-17 to Rams in, in a close one today. J.D., great stuff, man. Thanks for checking in. Enjoy the game. We'll see you soon.
3: All right, you got it, fellas. Always a pleasure. You're the best, J.D.
2: John Dickinson, boots on the ground there at SoFi Stadium and Whitey Gleason sitting in his place today doing Warrior Pre and Post uh, on 95.7 The Game. But there you go, J.D. checking in. He likes the Rams. You know, it's interesting. Um, if you look at these teams, these are not... Great offensive teams, even though McVay and Shanahan are thought to be great offensive minds. The Niners are 20th in the NFL. They average about 21 a game. The Rams are 29th in the NFL, averaging 17 points a game. I thought it was interesting low uh, listening to Jimmy Garoppolo who said this week, that when the Niners in the past have lifted themselves out of a similar slow start, he said what, when he was asked what was the key to turning the season around, he said having that sense of urgency of the we need to fix this and we need to fix it now. And he says that he feels that sense of urgency in the locker room or he felt that sense of urgency in the locker room this week. So maybe that's a good sign for the 49ers that they're you know, if they had a good week of practice coming off that embarrassing loss to the Chiefs, uh, maybe they'll uh, they'll fire today against the Rams. I will say this. The Niners have had the Rams number since Sean McVay has been down there. McVay has dominated the NFC West. In fact, he's three and eight against the Niners. But he's seventeen and four right. against the rest of the NFC West. So <laughs> the Niners, uh, Shanahan has had McVay's number. We'll see if it can continue today. And, and that's another thing. People talk
4: about, okay, who do you ever have McVay or, or, or Shanahan? Look what you know Shanahan's been able to do. And, you know, and they don't want to run him out of L.A. Last I, I, I checked. But it's interesting because you know you, you talk about this matchup and something we talked about earlier. I heard JD talk about Jeff Wilson. Without a doubt. The Niners do not want to trade Jeff Wilson. We, I'm surprised they're even considering it. The, here, here's the reason why: Jeff Wilson looks at this team and he looks at himself as a starter. And Jeff Wilson runs the ball hard. He gets downhill. He's one of the he's one of the best cutback runners on the team. He knows how to stay low behind his pads. He understands this this offense. Jeff Wilson says, "My carries are getting ready to get short cutting even more." This is a I think without a doubt this is a call from the agent to say. If you guys are going to get Mitchell back and all these other things going to happen, my guy, where's he fit? So I think that this is a situation where that the player's agent called the Niners. Because the Niners, no way, would be trying to shop him. No way. Like you said, it doesn't make sense. This is a player that's unhappy. This is a player that's saying, okay, now I'm going to get less snaps. Hey, let's get on the road. Because he understands. The Rams, other teams out there would like to have a Jeff Wilson on their on, on their roster, so I think that's what that's about. And then when you you, you know you're, you're talking about you know you know uh, just just the fact that they that they that they, they want a trading, I don't I don't I
2: don't see that happening. I mean, what do you really think you could get in return for Jeff Wilson? Probably a six round pick. Fifth. So I think okay, you get maybe 50 a 56. Yeah, you're okay. right. It's so not right, right. Would you rather... I mean, the way running backs are going down on this team, look at the depth you had a running back in the preseason. Look at it now. You've already had to trade for Christian McCaffrey. Mitchell's given you relatively nothing. You had to pawn off Trey Sermon. Um, you haven't used J.P. Mason yeah. at all. But I would be very nervous getting rid of Jeff Wilson so because I. you might trade him in week eight like it is right now. And by week 12, you may be looking for him. Yeah, because McCaffrey could get dinged up. He's a physical guy. He
4: takes a lot of shots. He runs a little upright. Yes, he's a a game changer, but you need that. And so I I, I, I can see the agent. So I think they're saying, hey, look. So I think they'll probably entertain it but they don't want to trade him off this route. I'm with you. They shouldn't want to trade him, and I don't think they do. I think this is player just saying, hey, look, if I'm going to be the odd man out, let me go. I can get some value. If Niners said, okay, let's help this guy out, and maybe they're trying to shop him. Another interesting thing J.D. pulled away, and we talked about this game and this matchup and why he gives the edge to the Rams. I can see, not because of the talent give the edge to the Rams. I think it's that bye week. What do you know? You know, Larry, about that being off. The Rams the week, are fresh. They're fresh. A little more fresh. Hadn't got the pounding. So hey, look. So I think the bye plays a factor in this game.
2: Yeah. I mean, the Rams are fresh. Now I don't know how they play coming off the bye historically, but they are the fresher team. Um, they've had more time to prepare. Heck, we, we, you know, teams talk about it all the time. If they play on a Monday, Monday night and they're playing the next week, they're like, Hey, we're, you know, we're one day behind in preparation. Now you're adding a bye week extra preparation and the Rams maybe have the the significant advantage um, in that, on that front. I think the Wilson thing's interesting though. JD, when I asked him, um, do you think, the Niners or Rams will make a deal. And he said, I think the Rams will make a deal because the Rams have been very active in the trade market. That makes sense. I actually think the 49ers are very likely to make a deal as well. Why? Because look at where, what the 49ers essentially did by trading for Christian McCaffrey. They're basically saying to the to their team and to their fan base, we think this team's good enough to win a Super Bowl. We think um, if we can add to we're and we're in a go-for-it mode. You know, when you when you're trading four draft picks for Christian McCaffrey, you're going for it. Yeah. All right? You're going for it. Now, what does this team actually need? Well, with Emmanuel Mosley out, um and Jason Verrett's health always a question mark, I think cornerback play is absolutely paramount. In fact, I remember the, you know, we used to debate the old uh, the old coach used to talk to me about, "Hey, uh, you know, what's the key to pass coverage?" coverage in other words there is no key to pass right. coverage you got to have guys yeah exactly and when your guys go down and you have nothing left you you get roasted I mean and, and so Dante Jackson who's not a big name guy uh, but he's playing for Carolina aggressive veteran corner with some speed if he's out there and you can get him for a day three pick I think you do it yeah the other position that I think is really thin, Um, You know, you don't have Greenlaw. You don't have Aziz. Those are your two hardest hitters. You're pretty thin at linebacker. Do they come back next week, though, after the bye? I mean, those guys are coming back. Yeah. Those those guys guys are coming back. So they need to be freshened up. Yeah. But the other spot is, you know, Armstead's got a plantar fasciitis in his foot. The odds of that getting better between now and the end of the year are not good. It's not. Siobhan Kinlaw, from what I heard, his knee is in a bad enough spot where he could be gone for the year. He's gone. You're leaning on Kevin Givens right now and and uh, playing a, four, a NASCAR alignment with four defensive ends and you know I I don't know you know the the Chiefs just gouged you for five yards to carry with every back they had. I think you need a defensive tackle. If if Washington is willing to move a Deron Payne, I'm interested in finding out what that price tag is. No I think question. the 49ers have severe needs at both defensive tackle and corner. And unfortunately, they traded four picks for a running back. Then they have so much depth, they might wind up trading Jeff Wilson because they have too many running backs. I think that was a headline grabber, and I'm glad they got McCaffrey because I felt like they needed more dynamic weapons. Yeah. But they've run out of bodies at defensive tackle and corner, and we're not even halfway through the year. And if they really want to you know, contend for a Super Bowl, to me, you bolster both your defensive tackle spot and your corner spot. I think the Rams will get Brandon Cooks, and they may even get Kareem Hunt. Um, I think Les Sneed will be very active at the deadline. But I think John Lynch has got another trade in him as well. And I, I think it'll be either be for a corner or for a D tackle I'm going D tackle I'm with you. Same church,
4: same pew. Man, you, Larry, I'm with you. you got to go get somebody in the trenches. I'm watching this off. I'm watching the San Francisco 49ers defensive front, and I'm watching their linebackers. They're not able to do what they need to do because they're not getting what they need up front. you got to go get a big guy in the middle that's going to be able to be a plugger and be able to stop guys and don't let guys scoop and ace up and tray up to the, up to the linebackers. You have to get that fixed because you know that you can put pressure on the quarterback you know with mediocre corners you still can put pressure on the quarterback if you got a pass rush so I think that you bolster that defensive front shut down the run you got to get back to what you've done well and that's shut down the run if you shut down the run now you make teams one-dimensional then you can continue to say okay let's do that let's fix that problem first that is the thing that me if I'm the Niners, I'm saying, we got to find somebody in this middle that is going to, because Ormstead's going to be on a pitch count. He's going to have to suck it up with the plantar fix, and he's going to just play on a pitch count because it's going to hurt him, you're right, the rest of the year. Ken Law's out. You have to address your defensive uh, defensive front, and then I think about back in the secondary. Absolutely.
2: You know, it's really interesting looking at this Ram team. The, they made Cam Akers inactive today, Lowe. So they're they're shopping Cam Akers, the the former Florida State running back. Um, So that leaves them with Daryl Henderson, who is a solid back, but didn't practice Wednesday because of illness. And Malcolm Brown is more of a plugger. You just look at the Rams' depth chart with Van Jefferson back and Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson scoring his first touchdown last week and and the lack of depth at running back. They're kind of one-dimensional coming out of the tunnel. Absolutely. And
4: that and, and, and that's why I'm saying the Niners have to shut down the run today. You're a good enough team against this Rams to be able to shut the runs because the Rams don't want to run the ball. They know that they can't necessarily run the ball, but they're going to try it. They're going to try it because the Niners have shown that they can't stop the run. So if you're the Rams, you're going in this game and saying, look boys, this Niner team, Kansas City's not necessarily a great runner. You look at Atlanta, they've been able to run. There is a They have five guys we're playing against a defense with only six starters. So you're playing against backups. You need to whip their butt. You're playing against a backup corner. You need to whip his butt. You're playing against a backup defensive line. We need to win. The Rams, that's where they're coming out of the tunnel saying we can run the ball. It's a mindset today. The Rams are going to have the mindset, but that's where the Niners, the Niners' defensive the front got to say, guys, this is what they're gonna do. This is where your DC, your defensive coordinator, D'Amico, to say, listen, guys, I'm gonna tell you right now, we gotta get this stuff fixed. My use a different, you know, expert than saying it, but we gotta get this fixed because if we don't fix this, guys, teams aren't going to stop. They're not. The Rams are gonna say, oh, what? We're just gonna sit back and throw the ball. Guess what? The Rams are gonna try to see if they can run the ball because the Niners have shown the last several weeks that they can't stop the run. I'm
2: telling you, right now, Rams going to try to run the ball. It's the kickoff show brought to you by Jim Beam and Harris Ranch Beef. We'll take our final timeout. Up next, we'll talk a little bit about the keys to victory. We'll also uh, look around the uh, week eight scores from the morning games. And we'll go inside the locker room and hear from Drake Jackson and Daniel Brunskill. And are the 49ers any better on special teams than they were going into the year where they said goodbye to the coordinator and added all these new special teams players. And yet, are they getting the exact same results? We'll get into that as well as we get you closer to kickoff on the kickoff show. Low Needle, Larry Kruger on 95.7 The Game.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
2: Now back to the kickoff show with Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal on 95.7 The Game Sponsored by Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey Taste the world's number one bourbon and by Harris Ranch Beef Legendary beef, legendary quality I was just saying to Lowe, let's get, let's get some uh, Harris Ranch beef and some bourbon in us. <laughs> yes. And, and tear it up on this Sunday. I'm with you. I'm with you, Larry. You let me know when and where and how. Let's go, baby. Well, we can't be tearing it up any more than the Saints are tearing yeah. up the Raiders right now. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ugly. Ugly. I feel bad. My my, my daughter's uh, boyfriend is a Raider fan, and every time I see him, I have to kind of like put my head down. <laughs> Sorry about your Sorry, team. Sorry, buddy. 24 nothing the saints are putting it on the raiders in the superdome is he gone is he gone one year one What's... year wonder is he gone what who coach oh come on no are they gonna you gonna fire mcdaniels after one year they got a brand new gm brand new coach isn't that weird though they (laughs) can't change the culture why can't they change that culture it it kills me to watch because it's like okay
4: you had a decent team last year you got in the playoffs and look where you're at and you 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 didn't lose a
2: lot of people they got great weapons you got great weapons so what is it i don't know (laughs) uh maybe Derek carr i don't know he's um You know, today they're getting lit up by Andy Dalton. Dalton. Uh, The redhead pistol. (laughs) Yeah. Dalton. Josh Jacobs is a terrific back. He Um, is. You know, I mean, you look at their receivers. Hunter Renfro's a decent receiver. Devontae Adams is a stud. Yeah. I mean, but the Raiders' old line's bad. And their defense could be improved. Though, Divine Diablo, 14 tackles for the Raiders today. Wow. But they are down 24-0. All right, other games going on. Panthers-Falcons, 24-21. Falcons with seven minutes, uh, seven and a half minutes to play in the ATL, as they like to say. Yeah. P.J. Walker uh, in at quarterback for Carolina in that game. Uh, Bears have the ball, but they're losing to Dallas in Dallas, 42-23. Josh Fields has a touchdown on the ground. Yeah. Um, CeeDee Lamb's got a touchdown as well. Prescott's got two in the air. Dolphins were trailing the Lions early, but now the Dolphins, on the strength of a 14 nothing third quarter, lead Detroit 31-27 uh, t- to a, with 365 yards passing and three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, 10 catches for 161. Isn't
4: that crazy? They wanted, to run, they wanted to run two out of town. I mean, look at what a coach. It's, and that's the thing. It's so weird, right? Yeah. The guy that people want to run out of town, two is done. They wanted to Tom Brady, wanted all this other quarterbacks to get someone. And now look at this young, look at this little cat. Look at this so young you guy. Look at
2: Alex Smith with Harbaugh. Yeah. Look at Daniel Jones right. with Dayball. Yeah. I mean, you get the right coach in there. Vikings have a 28-23 lead on the Cardinals with a minute 52 left in the third quarter. Minnesota has the ball there. Patriots have come back with a uh, strong second half. There's They've got a 16-0 lead on the, on the Jets in the second half. They're up 22-10 for the game. So 22-10 Patriots. Jets led that thing uh, 10-6 at the half. Battle of Pennsylvania, Eagles up 35-13. Man, are the Eagles that good? They're rolling to 7-0. and Only undefeated team in the game.
4: Are you, I'm watching the quarterback play. This hurt kid, you're like, okay, what is he going to do? But I'm watching him throw dimes. His teams don't come after him because he'll kill you with his legs. His, his ability to get out of the pocket. When you watch this team, they play good defense. He's they just real, added
2: Robert Quinn to their D line Yes.
4: He's a this this
2: this this Philadelphia Eagle team, they're for real. Yeah. The CJ Gardner Johnson, the yeah. Chauncey Gardner Johnson acquisition by the Eagles from right. the Saints at right. the beginning of the year. Key acquisition. No question. Uh Philly. Philly can run it. They added AJ Brown in the offseason. Yeah. That was a great pickup. Yeah, Philly up 35-13. And then later today, uh Titans, Texans go in Houston, and that's gonna be Malik Willis uh. making the start against Davis Mills. Uh, the Commanders and the Colts go in Indy. Uh, of course, Matt Ryan's been yanked for the uh, former Texas Longhorn, who will be starting at quarterback. Uh, er- Ellinger. And then the Giant Seahawks, go in the Pacific oh, that's Northwest. Gonna be a great one. I think that's going to be interesting. Geno Smith and the Seahawks, Slow. They're 4-3. and three. They got Kenneth Walker running the rock. They got two rookies on their o- O-line. Kenneth Walker. They got that Tariq Woolen monster <laughs> yes. playing corner at 6-4 yes. and change. See, John Schneider had a draft of drafts. Oh, my God. He did. And I'm going to tell you, a
4: guy that people were running out of town and said he's done. Is Pete Carroll is he up for coach of the year? Seriously, I mean seriously. Look what this guy's been doing. They able might want to
2: put the first pick in the draft and make the playoffs. Right,
4: playoffs. I mean, think about it. So they're they're freaking cooking. They're cooking in Crisco, like them.
2: And then uh, Packers trying to uh you know get Ugh. back on their feet. They're 3 and 4. They're in Buffalo tonight Ugh. against the Bills. That's going to get ugly. Yeah, I going to win that. Broncos over Jaguars 21-17 in London. Ravens beat the Bucks Thursday night 27-22 in the Monday Nighter. Bengals Browns from Cleveland, uh, we'll see how that goes. All right, let's go inside the locker room. 49ers, you know, get doing uh, covering the 49ers this year for 95.7 The Game and for Talk Sport out of London. I've had a chance to go down to the locker room and spend a lot of time talking to the players. Let's first hear from Drake Jackson. Drake Jackson, I went up to him, the rookie from defensive end from SC, you know, played at anywhere between 245 and 275 for SC. Um, But with the injury to Kinlaw, the injury to Armstead, in obvious passing situations, they're going with the 4-D end alignment with Ebukam and Bosa off the edge. Amenahue and Drake Jackson lined up standing upright um, uh, over the guards at the tackle spots. And Drake Jackson has literally pushed the pocket, um, and he's getting combo blocked. He's splitting it. He's looking like Eric Armstead. I asked him about it this week, about, you know, being a defensive end and not just playing defensive tackle, but holding his own. Here's what he had to say. (laughs)
5: <laughs> Maybe not like Armstead, but, you know, if they put me in there, I got to hold my ground. can't be getting tossed around. So, you know, when I go in there, I just got to play, you know, just like all the other boys would. Um, but I, I would say, you know, you just really got to thrash, you know. Really, it's mono, or not mono, mono, but, you know, you got two guys on you, just not, just knowing that they're not going to stop you. And that's just how you got to go about it. And uh, really just going to stand low and, you know, getting off the ball as fast as possible, that also helps as well, so.
2: Low, you know it. I mean, not every job is the same. Some jobs are are easy. Some jobs are hard. But if you're a defensive end asked to play uh, interior tackle spot and you're playing a number of downs in there against the big boys and they're combo blocking you and you're still finding a way to split it and you're a defensive end at 260, that's impressive. This kid's impressive. No question.
4: I know, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard, the great Sugar Ray Leonard. I mean, so sweet. Hands so fast. Hit you four times before you can get your hands up. That's what Jackson's talking about. When you're playing him, you're playing a game. When he fought Marvis and Marvin and Hagner, you know Sugar Ray hitting five times is one. When you're playing against bigger and stronger guys, you got to beat them. You got to be first to the ball, and you got to have that first punch. And that's what Jackson's alluding to. He said, "Okay, they're bringing me from defensive end inside. I got to be faster with my hands. Get inside with my hands. I got to beat them to the ball. So when I'm watching the ball snap, I got to hurry up and get off." And that's what he's talking about because he's not giving them a chance to initiate and get on him. If they do that, they're going to maul him. So he's saying, "Let me go take on one stiff arm. Let me get the arm there, and then let me get let me get skinny. Let me twist the shoulder, and now let me try to split it." But that's what he's doing. Great. Jackson's being great with Sant, and he's getting off first. I like what he's doing.
2: Great kid. And I asked him, you know, what he learned because this is the first time, this is the first time in his career that he's actually prepping for an opponent that he knows because they played the Rams just a few weeks back. And I asked him what his takeaway was from that first Rams encounter.
5: That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I was just thinking about, or not just thinking about that, but you know, I was talking to my folks, and it's like, dang, we play the Rams again oh, yeah. already. But you know, in that first first uh, matchup was well, amazing. That you can carry into this one. That you know, they're very they're very sound on their plays as well. So you know, if we're not if we're not correct on our assignments or our alignments, they could bust on a good play. So you know, just staying in our alignments and going fast each and every play Move the up.
2: Coordinated rush up front. Niners are playing some great games, and, and uh, D'Amico's mixing in some blitzes. Now, that was Drake. Got to get on the other side of the locker room. Let's go to Daniel Brunskill, who I think is one of the best interviews on the team. And I asked him this week about the challenge that the Rams uh, you know, basically uh, represent.
6: Um, I mean, they present a defense that plays a shell coverage, and then they're going to play everything uh, deep to short, so it makes it really hard to get explosive runs, and then on top of that, they've got great players up front, like A'shaun Robinson, Do- Aaron Donald, I mean, and then Bobby Wagner. I mean, they got great players, Leonard Floyd. Those guys are tough to get past, so they got a really good front seven up front, and then they're also playing a shell coverage behind it, which makes it hard to get big, big plays on that. So, um, it's just kind of grind it out game you're gonna have to get be okay with getting four yard carries be okay with getting three yard carries and then just continually doing that throughout the game so that you can build plays up and then hopefully every once in a while you can get an explosive on them which is really tough to do against that defense the way they're playing but hopefully we can that's gonna be a key to the game
2: those old linemen are always so cerebral, aren't they? Yeah, no
4: question. But he's absolutely right when he's talking about what they do. They hey, play that you got that be, be patient. You got to be patient. You got to say, right, whatever it's going to take, we got to be patient because they're not going to give up the big plays. They're going to play a shell. You shell behind and said, okay, let's keep everything in front of us and let's tackle, and then let's get to the red zone like you just alluded to. The Rams are one the better de- defenses in the red zone because then they bow with their necks. So they're like, okay, look, guys, if we don't give up the big play, We get down to the red zone. We know we can stop teams. So that's what you got to do. You got to be patient, like he's saying. You got to hit them, got to punch them, you got to keep punching, and you just got to continue to break their will. And you
2: got to play mistake-free football that because they're banking on you to make a mistake, get behind the sticks, and then here comes that crushing defensive line. And he mentioned A'shaun Robinson. Yeah, Robinson was awesome in the NFC Championship game. Not quite as awesome in this last game in Week 4. Uh, to me, how they handle A'shaun up front is a major key in this game. All right, one more from Brunskill. Brunskill's the veteran, right? And he's playing at times uh, off the bench. And then sometimes he's coming in for Burford. Sometimes he's coming in at tackle. You know, basically Chris Forster right. said, hey, all my linemen have to be up and ready to roll. And I asked Brunskill his impression of the two youngsters. Banks is essentially as a second-year player, but he's essentially a rookie because he didn't play at all last year. And Burford is a rookie. And I asked Brunskill to grade out the two young guards.
6: I think they're they're doing great. I mean, Banks had a hell of a game. He's playing amazing right now. And Burford as well. So, I mean, for a rookie to just be able to come in and play the way he is, it's, it's awesome to have. And they're both athletic guys. For Banks being as big as he is, how well he can move is amazing. Like, he's, I mean, that's freak athleticism right there. And then Bank, uh, Burford is a, an amazing athlete as well. So, they're, I mean, Burford might have the best recovery skills I've ever seen. On Like, when he's getting beat sometimes, he's got great recovery skills just because of his athleticism. So, those guys are playing awesome. Some of their maulers right now and and just keep continuing to help those guys make sure that they understand everything like what's going on out there and do what I can as a veteran to provide to them like some of the information I know just from playing like if you go against a certain guy what to expect or if you keep getting a certain technique just to be what to be ready for so that we can help eliminate some of the easy mistakes and then just continue to get great great play out of the line.
2: There you go Daniel Brunskill yeah, uh, weighing in on the on the young guards and the young guards been playing well. Aaron Banks was the highest graded 49er player in that Kansas City game and Burford's a road grader man. He's a big bodied guy who played tackle at UTSA and man he's 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 only allowed one yeah. pressure all season long though, for a rookie offensive guard who was not a first or second round yeah. pick who played tackle last year in college yeah. to then transition to right guard and go up against Donald already this year. He's only allowed one pressure on the year. That's impressive. It's
4: very impressive. Kind of reminds me of Chris Dillman played down there in San Diego. Yeah. Offensive guard played defense. He was a defensive player. Watching him practice we were just he's running scout because you're on scout team. You got to play both ways when you're in the league because you don't have enough bodies. And watching him me and LT's watching him going against the guys Jamal and the defense and we're like Marty, let's move this guy to the deep and offense. And he looked, Marty's looking, yeah, why not? Chris Dillman, Hall, you know, Pro Bowl type of player, got after it. And I like what Brumtill was saying about these two guys. That they just they want to compete and they make each other better. And my dad always told me, a hungry dog hunts best. These two guys are hungry because it's switching guys in and out. Those two guys are interchangeable. And I love what Chris is doing. Had him in Tampa, you know, you know the, the offensive line coach. What he does is saying, okay, guys, you're going to get plays. You're going to get play." So it keeps them ready to go. And it keeps both those guys pushing, grinding, you know, because one day they're saying, who's it going to turn this over to? So I think I love what they're doing to keep those two guys hungry and they're doing a great job.
2: All right, keys to victory. We're coming down the home stretch. We got the uh, game coming up here. Make sure you keep it on uh, Fox Sports Radio right here on 95.7 The Game throughout the morning. And then, of course, 2 o'clock, um, Whitey Gleason's going to step in and do Warrior. Play game Whitey. Warriors and Pistons go today on 95.7 The Game. Give me a key to this game for them from the 49er perspective. What's the key to victory? For me, it's
4: mental. It's about the show. It's mental and efficiency and it's effort. See, effort can get you to the ball effort can win games Effort can get you the effort is the effort level going to be there you're going to be playing against a team that's all going off a bye the effort level has to be higher the mental attitude the mental part of the game has to be higher you can't come in saying okay is this going to happen you can't wait for somebody else this niner team can't wait you got to say we're firing on all cylinders you got to anticipate what you can't anticipate You got to be ready, and that's the thing. Mentally, you have to come off this bus, and you're going to that stadium, and you need to be. You need to play a step faster, and you need to play a step ahead of the Rams. It's simple. This is mental, and it's physical, and it's effort.
2: I think you got to get to uh, you got to get to Stafford. Stafford will pick you apart. Him and Cup are in absolute lockstep. You gotta put some pressure on Stafford. You have to move him off his spot. They sacked him five times in week four. They don't have the same defense that they had in week four. So they're gonna have to be creative. But I think you got to pressure Stafford. If you let him sit back there, he will carve you up like a like a Thanksgiving turkey. The other deal is the Niners got to do something offensively in the second half of Agreed. these games. Two points is what they're averaging in the third quarter. Seven points is what the 49ers offense is averaging in the second half. Half that's despicable. Two points in the third quarter, Hold seven on. points in the second half. That ain't getting it done. You might be able to beat one or two donkey teams on your schedule because they're bad, but you're not a serious playoff contender averaging seven points in the second half of games. That trend has to end. Yeah, and that's mental because mentally, you see guys, man, get
4: out of the, get out of scene. Jimmy, for instance, we saw that defense gets you know special teams get you the ball and you throw an interception right before halftime. You can't, that's mental. That, okay, instead of getting three, that's a seven point, that's a 10 point swing because they went out and scored. So those are the mental, he's looking at the sack, okay? Can't give up a safety, throw the ball away, step up in the pocket. And that's why I listen to Jennings when he's talking about, hey, getting and putting push in the middle. Stafford's a guy that wants to climb up in the pocket. He wants to step up. He's not looking to run necessarily. So if you can get him off his spot and, and collapse the pocket from the inside, you know those two boy dogs on the outside is going to put some pressure on him, so it's going to be big. See how Ginny and what these guys could do up, up up front to be able to collapse the pocket from the middle and don't let him step up in the pocket because that's when Nicky Bols is at his best. When you got a guy seven foot seven get seven step drop and get to that point, and now he can't step up. That's when Nicky's at his best.
2: Turnovers, penalties, special teams—these all can't. Yeah, the Niners have to win in these areas. Why are the Niners struggling on special teams? They traded out Richard Hightower for right. Brian Schneider. Right. They added Orrin Burks. They added George Odom. They signed Ray Ray McLeod. They ranked 28th in special teams Horrible. rankings by DVOA. Why can they not get it right on special teams?
4: I don't know. The I'm you now, special team is an effort. Special team, like what I'm talking about, that's why I'm going to, you know, it's like, God, why effort? Because... Special teams guys are running down. Yeah, you got to, everybody you gotta stay mentally and you gotta stay engaged. You know, see teams, boom, they start that return right or left, and all of a sudden you see the returner heading left and all of a sudden he cuts back to the right and there's huge holes because guys don't stay in their lane. They're not paying attention to detail. So that's either coaching, that's either players are not paying attention because over the t- over the top stop returns. When guy comes at you run, you go over the top. If everyone goes over the top, you fill every hole. Think about it. You coming down and return over the top. Over the top stops return. They're not doing it. Guys are going underneath instead of going over the top, they're coming back back door. Now they're creating a lane because now they're getting sifted down. You have to stay fundamentally sound on special teams. Special teams has been hurting this team. You got your oldest guy down there trying to make kick, game-saving kickoff returns, stopping teams from returning the ball all the way. You can't do that. This team has to do a better job because you got one of the better kickers as far as placing the ball. You have to go down there and pin guys in. You got. That's why you got to stay in your length. You have to do better jobs. So I'm telling you right now, it's effort and it's attention to details, and guys aren't fundamentally doing their job when it comes to special teams.
2: One of the areas the 49ers have to continue to dominate the Rams is, is, is up front. Mike McGlinchey's got to be able to block Leonard Floyd. Yeah. Now, Leonard Floyd in five games against the 49ers has zero sacks. In 34 games against all other NFL opponents, Leonard Floyd has 20 sacks. Um, Aaron Donald up front. Aaron Donald has three and a half sacks career of, of Jimmy Garoppolo, but none in the past three games. They've done a great job against Aaron, against Aaron Donald. They've done an incredible job against Leonard Floyd. That has to continue. If Leonard Floyd starts getting off and sacking the quarterback, if if Aaron Donald starts making impactful plays on that defensive front, it's game set match. Yeah. Um, and really then the, the biggest one is Jimmy Ward opposite Cooper Cup. And Jimmy Ward's more physical. Jimmy Ward's a tougher guy, but Cooper Cup's quicker, and he's incredibly difficult to jam at the line of scrimmage. And, and I don't, I don't know, Lo, the To me, this is. You know, can the Niners win this game? Mm. if Stafford doesn't have tons of pressure in his face and he completes 20 plus balls to cup,
4: No. But that's why you... Because it kinda, could happen. It could happen. That's why it's alignment and assignment. And that's what Jimmy Ward's got to say. i got to take the inside or I'm going to take the outside. And you take him a half a shade. So now if you shade the guy, you're going to force him to the inside where his help. If you play him inside, now you got to force him outside to your help. This is where it's technique and attention to details. When you're playing against a guy like Cooper Cup, you know he's going to get his. So it's about alignment and assignment. You don't line up, head up, and say oh, I'm going to take away the inside or outside. you got to take a shade and say, where's my help out? My help's to the outside. I'm going to line up inside shade, and I'm going to force him to my help. If my help is inside, I'm going to take the outside shade, and I'm going to say, I cannot for no reason let him beat me outside. I know my help's inside. Football is fundamentals. That's what this is going to come down to. blocking and tackle, but it's going to come down. At the end of the day, is fundamentals. Who is going to do the attention to details? And Larry, that's how they're going to get this win if they're going to get it.
2: Better do it in the first half. The 49ers are 7 and 30 under Kyle Shanahan when they trail at halftime. Not good. This is a battle of the two top of two top 5 defenses. 49ers rank 3rd, Rams rank 5th. Niners are second against the run. Rams don't run the ball at all. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting game. I like the 49ers. I think, you know, there's very few times when you analyze a football game, you get right down to the points per game. But I'm looking at these two teams on paper. The 49ers average uh, 20.7 points per game, and the Rams average 17.3 a game. Give me the 49ers, 20 to 17 <laughs> over the Rams. I think it's going to play out exactly like that. I think I think the Niners are going to win a very close game, low-scoring game, 20 to 17, 49ers. So I think they get the win, they get back on the beam, and, and this is a huge game. If you were going to lose one of these two games, Kansas City and the Rams. You'd rather lose to Kansas City and beat the Rams because they're in the division. They're in the conference. I got 2017 49ers. What do you got?
4: Yeah, I think it's going to be a little higher than that. I think the 49ers are going to win, but I think the first one gets over 24. I think both these defenses, you know, they're, they've they been suspects. They give up with some points. I think the Niners is not the defensive old. So I think you're going to have a team that's going to score. So I think the Niners Niners are going to be in a close. It's going to be a dogfight. I think it's like 27 24. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one.
2: All right, buddy. Good to see you. No worries. Cheers, buddy. Yeah. you the best. Yes, yeah, seriously, man. And, uh, to enjoy, and you're just been so good today. Take next week off. Okay, I'll do How that. About that? You, we're giving you the bye week next Are we going to do it? I'll yeah. do it. I'm in. There you go. You're Thanks the to the guys behind the scenes, Chris and Craig, Cameron. Thanks to all the guys. Thanks to uh, uh, JD for jumping in with us as well. Fox Sports Radio takes you uh, right until 2 o'clock, and then Whitey Gleason jumps in at 2 for a little Warriors Pistons pregame. That's the kickoff show brought to you by Jim Beam and uh, Harris Ranch Beef. Have a great Sunday. For Loneal, I'm Larry Kruger on 95.7 The
0: Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.